Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. In Hebrews chapter 3, we, are, we, we studied last time about a message that the Lord has given to the church, the body of Christ, us as believers. And the context was the journey of his old covenant people, the Israelites, who had been bought out of slavery in Egypt. And the Lord was on the way to leading them to the promise that he'd made to their spiritual father Abraham hundreds of years before that they had heard constantly uh, was theirs, the land of Canaan, a land of milk and honey, a land, I mean, they had been in Egypt, and, I mean, they had been in Egypt 430 years, and they had been promised this wonderful land of promise, and God promised it to them forever, forever. God miraculously moved to cause Pharaoh to release the children of Israel, and as we said last week, Scholars tell us that somewhere between two and three million of them left the land of Egypt. Now, that's a mega group right there. Can you imagine the excitement as they left Egypt, having been slaves for so many years? And the Bible tells us that the people of Egypt loaded them up with mighty blessings, gold, silver, treasures, all kind of resources. So they left, not poverty stricken, but mightily blessed for the new journey. And somehow they turned what was, some scholars say, an 11 day journey into a 40 year disaster. How many of you know that God Almighty is mighty and sovereign? But how many of you know that? To receive God's highest and best is not automatic. It requires faith and obedience. Our journey here with skin on until we go to meet our Lord has to do with the development of faith. When you, when you leave this earth, you won't need any faith. You'll be walking in sight. But while we're here, we need to understand that without faith, it's impossible to please God. He's a faith God. And that faith, true faith, always yields obedience. James says that faith without corresponding action is what? Dead. Doesn't have any life in it. And so then we see this serious warning that we took a look at last week in chapter 3, verse 12 of Hebrews. Beware, brethren, you New Covenant, New Testament believers, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Notice God calls evil unbelief. All evil springs out of a failure to believe and act on the Word of God. Beware that there be in any of you 
an evil heart of unbelief in departing that is beginning to drift away. The word depart meaning begin to drift away from the living God. Do I, do you have a tendency to forget that God our Father is right here with us, right here, right now? Do we get so overwhelmed by the circumstances like they did that we begin to forget that the mighty God whom nothing can defeat is right here, right now? Exhort one another daily, verse 13, while it is called today. Don't wait till tomorrow that you'll, you'll, you'll start listening tomorrow. No, no, no. Today, lest any of you become hardened. The word hardened there means to become stubborn and unwilling to move through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin lies about its consequences. Sin says it's not serious. It doesn't have any repercussions. It says it's not true that what you sow you reap. Sin says it's something you can deal with tomorrow. Sin says, remember originally in the garden, sin says what God has said is not true. You won't die. It's not serious. Sin says it's not true that the wages of sin is death. There is a deceitfulness about sin that blinds us to the truth. For if we become partakers of Christ, and we have, we are partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of confidence steadfast to the end. What does that mean? That means that there are some who start well but don't finish. There are some who are not contenders, they're pretenders. Verse 16, for, this is a sobering passage, for who, having heard, rebelled. Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? They all heard. They all heard God's highest and best is waiting for you. He wants you to, to walk into the covenant he made with Abraham into the land of Canaan. You're more than, more than able to, to, to take it. All heard that word. But who, with whom was the Lord angry 40 years? What makes God angry? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? And I want you to really focus on his rest. To whom did he swear they shall not enter that place where they're not striving to fix somebody or something, not striving to get there, they already are there. Whom did he swear they shall not enter his rest, but those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter into God's highest and best, his promised land, because of what? Unbelief. They refused, neglected, to believe what God said was theirs, and they refused to move because they refused to believe. Therefore, 
since a promise remains of entering his rest. Wouldn't you like to live on this side of heaven knowing that it's already settled? That the provision has already been made? That the victory is already in place? That you don't have to worry and strive and fret and fear what the end result's going to be. You can rest in the fact that God has already settled it. Since there is a promise remaining of entering into his rest, let us be afraid of this coming short of entering that rest. For indeed, the good news was preached to us as well as to them, those covenant people that we've been reading about in Numbers 13 and 14 that were led out of the saved out of the land of Egypt. But the word, listen, but the word which they heard did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith. It's not enough to hear the word. It has to be mixed with faith. How does faith come? Romans 10, 17, by what? Hearing the word of God. How many of you know you got to learn to hear it with spiritual ears? But you can't just, faith is not just hearing something. It is choosing to believe and act on what you hear. Faith without corresponding action is not real faith. So what has God said to me that I have heard but I have not acted in? What have I not mixed what I've heard with faith? Why have I not received it in my inner man and acted on it? We who have believed, verse 3, do enter that rest. That rest is an internal connection where the Spirit of God says to you, it's done, I've got this. <laughs> what a word. It's done, I've got this. You don't have to struggle and, 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 and fret and worry about this anymore. I've got it settled. That's rest. And it's an, an internal witness in your spirit, regardless of what your eyes see. You may not see anything that looks like there's a breakthrough you're believing for. But somewhere in the depth of your spirit, the Spirit of God says, I see this from heaven and I've got this. And I remind you that the word is very clear that every good and perfect gift comes from above. Comes down to you from heaven. And heaven's not going to change. God's motives towards you are always for good. We have been, who have believed, we who have believed and received the promise of God enter into a place of rest. Lord, I have that inner witness in me that regardless of what I see in my checkbook, regardless of what I see in my children's behavior, regardless of what I see in the circumstances of this life or this court case or this, this diagnosis or prognosis, I am resting in what you said because your word trumps everything 
and there is a connection on the inside of me, you've got this. That's rest. That's rest. Now see, aren't you glad you got up and came this morning? Hallelujah. Rest. And God said, since you didn't mix with faith what I said, I wouldn't allow you to enter into rest. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And then I, I want you to go on down. In verse 7, he designates a certain day, saying, even in David, not just in Moses, but in David hundreds of years later today. Today, after a long time, it has been said, today. It didn't go away with them. It's today for us. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Do not become stubborn and unwilling to move on what he says. If Joshua had given them rest, then they would not afterward, he would not afterward have spoken of another day, meaning there is remaining a rest for the people of God. Everybody say, that's me. There is a place of rest for you today. Whatever circumstance you're in, whatever's bothering you today, whatever circumstances or situations, there is a rest where there is an inner witness by the Lord that it is settled. It's settled. It's settled. He who has entered God's rest has himself also ceased from his own works as God did from his. What does that mean? That you become passive and do nothing? No, no, no. It means that the end result is already settled on the inside of you, that God's got to, whatever it looks like, whatever you have to walk through, the Lord has already gone before you. The Lord has already settled this and you can rest in trusting him that he's gone before you and he's already got it settled. What a promise. What a promise. It is that place where we don't have to mentally struggle and wrestle anymore. It's that place where we don't have to stay up worrying about what if anymore. It's that place where the Lord tells us, I've got this, and something on the inside of us shifts. Something on the inside of us shifts. And it doesn't matter how small or how big it is, there is a settlement. In uh, 2004, uh, as you know, on a particular day in July, I uh, had a heart catheterization as a result of some other tests that weren't so good. And the doctor uh, said to Dina, uh, I was still sedated. Uh, this is not good. This is not good. We've got to do something right away. Two 100% block coronary arteries and 195. I, I shouldn't be standing here today ministering the Word of God to you. In the natural, that shouldn't be happening. 
So after hearing that and after our journey with uh, Bryant less than a year before and for all those years, I said to the Lord, I uh, sure would uh, like to, for this to be it. I'm ready, Wayne. I'm ready. Just, I'd love to come on home. You ever got there? You, you can get there. <laughs> you believe me. I said, I would sure love to come on home. All these things had to be prepared and the thoracic surgeons had to be talked to and there was an immediacy about what had to happen uh, very quickly. <clears throat> I, um, on the night uh, before the surgery within 48 hours, I um, had an inner witness in my spirit that the Lord was not done with me. And uh, that whatever this looked like, uh, I would come out on the other side, that it was not over. You know, I was, uh, it was good that the Lord gave me that inner witness. You know what he was saying? I've got this. It's already settled. So the next morning when Dean and I and our pastor who talked to me again three times the other day. Dina and our pastor was in a, in a holding room right before I was to be let out for the thoracic surgery and the, uh, the repair. The devil sent somebody with skin on into the room. This person had on uh, nursing uh, clothing. The doc had already come in and said, it's going to go good. We're ready to go. Right? Uh, I love confident surgeons, Scott, like you. And <clears throat> after he left, the devil sent this man in. And we said, he said, well, are you ready for this? I said, yep, ready to go. Doc says it's going to go good. We're ready to go. And he said, well, you know, it doesn't always go good, and some people don't make it out of this. <laughs> she heard it. Our pastor heard it. And something rose up on the inside of me. I said, Jeremiah, something rose up on the inside of me. And I politely told that man we weren't listening to a thing he said. <laughs> Let me just leave it at that, Sharon. <clears throat> and I told the devil where to go as well. Go back where you came from. You have the authority to do that in Jesus' name. And as sure as I'm standing here, Jeff, the Spirit of the Lord, as I still remember it, being wheeled out under the lights down the hallway, 
to that intricate surgery, the spirit. And I looked at Dina and said, I'll be back. Don't worry about it. Rest that can only come from that inner witness in your spirit from the spirit of the Lord, where the Lord settles it. But now you don't always, you, you don't get that until you seek the Lord and are willing to listen to what he has to say. It is that inner connection, that settlement. So excuse me for that personal example, but I'm telling you, it's real. Countless times after that, when I have been facing situations and circumstances that I've been wrestling in prayer, there comes a time, after a time, the Spirit says, I've got this. It's okay. It's an unplug from worry and fear. It's a disconnect from trying to wrestle the circumstances of what may happen. Because, like we said last week, one of the problems we have is we think our enemies, we, we misidentify our enemies. We think our enemies are cancer or heart disease or lack or, or turmoil or, or fragile relationships or markets or politicians or policies. We think those are, no, no, no. Our enemy is unbelief. We need to focus our fight on the fight of faith. It's the fight of faith. Pastor, how, what are the practical steps that we should learn to operate from a position of rest? I have five keys for you here that we should operate in diligent. I, I, I love what the word says here is it, that we should be diligent. Look at verse 11. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Diligent in the spirit to enter that rest. Lest anyone fall short of it. What are some ways that we can be diligent to enter that position of rest in our inner man? Number one, and I do this through the connection of prayer. I highly recommend it to you. And this is what the Lord has given me an assignment to do. I am learning this as I'm teaching you. This is what the Spirit of God is telling me I ought to do to operate from a position of rest and to stay in a place of rest. Because I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I get out of rest. Sometimes I get frazzled. Sometimes I get my attention off the real enemy and get it on the Things that are really not enemies. That's the deceitfulness of sin. So sometimes I don't do so well. And here's what the Lord is telling me. Here's the way to stay in a position of rest. Number one, Lord, make me more aware of your presence. I had another test the other day, and the Lord says, the Lord's witness in me was, 
When you go into that surgical room, when you have that procedure, don't forget I'm right there with you. Would that make a difference? If, if you're in a place where they, 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 that you're concerned about the end result, wouldn't it make a difference to practice the presence of the Lord? Psalm 139 says, I planned you before you were ever born. I'm intimately, listen, I'm intimately acquainted with all your ways. I know when you sit down and when you stand up. Have you counted how many times you've sat down and stood up today? Your father already knows it. Before there is a thought in your mind, I already know what's about to come in there. Before there is a word on your tongue, I already know what you're going to say. I am right here with you. I know all there is to know about you. Wouldn't it make sense for us to say, Father, thank you for your presence today. Thank you for your presence as I'm in this room. Thank you for your presence as I am driving home. Thank you for your presence as I'm in this meeting. Thank you for your presence as I'm in this surgery. Thank you for your presence as I'm talking to my child. Thank you for your presence. That wonderful passage in Philippians chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I'll say rejoice. Let your under control spirit be made known to all men. And then what it says, the Lord is at hand. What does that mean? The Lord is right here, right now. Everybody say it with me. The Lord is right here, right now. More real than what you can see or feel or hear. The Lord is right here, right now. So what, the way that we begin practical steps to enter into His rest, become aware and affirm His presence with you, in you, for you right now. Second part of that prayer, not only make me aware of your presence, but grant me greater revelation of your love. Nothing can separate me, God, even, even if I have disappointed, even if I have disobeyed, I thank you that your love is in place for me and nothing can separate me from the love of God. For there is neither, there is nothing seen or unseen. I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And that love has been poured out in my heart by the Holy Spirit, Romans 5, 5. So, Lord, not only am I to, I, I'm calling on you to make me more aware of your presence Grant me greater revelation of the love that you've already given me, a love that holds me. In Galatians 5, 6, that there, is, that, that there is nothing that really does any good as far as our, our, our ability to have a relationship with the Lord except faith working through love. Faith works through love. Did you know this? That love is the only context the only atmosphere that faith will work in. First Corinthians says it like this, if I have faith that I can move mountains but I have no love, it profits me nothing. Faith only works in the atmosphere of love. So it is impossible for me to say, man, I've got all kind of faith. If I don't walk in love, it won't work. 
God, give me greater revelation of your love. Grant me a stronger appetite for your word. Go against the grain here, folks. I've seen in this time of pandemic, the tendency for all of us is to have less of an appetite for the Word and to be, have more an appetite for what's going on in this world and all the chaos in there. Let's pray right now that the Lord would enable us to go against the grain of this world and that we would have more of an appetite for the Word of God. Jesus said, John 6, 63, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The Word of God is made out of spirit material. It comes from the very heart and the essence of the being of God. Hebrews 4.12, let's read it here. The Word of God is alive. It is living and full of power. It is sharper than any two-edged sword on this earth. It pierces even to the division of soul and spirit. Your soul and your spirit are so intertwined, you can't separate them. But the Word of God can tell you whether that thought's coming out of your spirit or out of your soul. <laughs> and if it's coming out of your spirit, it's good. If it's coming out of your soul, it's subject to error. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the Word of God can get all the way on the, in the depths of me and, and, and expose my motives. Not just what I do is righteous, but am I doing it for the right motive? Well, the Word of God is full of life and power. God, give us greater appetite for it. Lord, not only make me aware of your presence and greater revelation of your love and a stronger appetite for your word, but open my heart to your assignment for me. What, do you, what is it that you want to accomplish through me? I'm going to act in a position of rest, I, I, but I am not going to just cease acting. I'm not just going to say, well, you know, it, it, that's for you or somebody else. No, no. I, I, I am... I am settled that you've got this. Now show me what you want to do through me. What do you want to do through me? Who do you want to encourage through me? Who do you want to love today? Through me. Boy, you know, if you just take those two assignments, Lord, who do you want to encourage and love through me today? That's a, that's a major life assignment right there. Your life can really do a lot of good. Open my heart to your assignments. Because whenever God gives you an assignment, He will give you the grace to carry it out. Let's look here now in closing at these last few verses of chapter 4, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, Jesus Christ, who has passed through the heavens, let us hold fast our confession. You know what the, you know what the high priest does? The high priest enters into the Holy of Holies with sacrifice for the sins of the people. We know that, but did you also know that he also intercedes for the people? And did you also know that he releases blessing over the people? 
He intercedes for the people, and he releases blessing over the people. Do you know that the Lord has called all of us to come alongside him and do the priestly work of God to intercede for and be a vessel to release blessing through his people? Probably nobody but Dina knows this. But I found out in Scripture that when in the Old Covenant, when gifts and offerings were brought to the priest to offer to the Lord, the priest would take those and the priest would bless those who were investing in the kingdom of God. He would bless those gifts, and then he would ask the Father to receive those gifts, and then he would ask the Lord to release blessing. So I tell you, I pray the two R's. I learned this. Emmanuel, Jeremiah, Romeo, Otis, Sharon, Deborah, Wayne. Listen carefully. If anybody invests in your ministry, Maybe you ought to go by what the Word says that a good priest does, and that is you take any of those offerings, whether it's checks, online giving, whatever it is, and you go before the Lord, and I say, Lord, this is your money. You're the high priest of heaven. Not mine, it's yours. So I ask you to receive it because it is yours. Now I ask you, Lord, to not only receive this because it is yours, but I ask you to release a blessing on those who've invested in your kingdom. Uh, that is not something I made up. That's out of the Word of God. What do you want me? What's my assignment? As I am walking in grace. I receive your mercy. You know that I'm weak, Lord. I love verse 15. We don't have a high priest who can't sympathize with our weakness. He was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. So therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace, God's favor, His ability to help us in our time of need. Mercy and grace in our time of need. So what a, this is a wonderful way that I believe the Lord has taught that we are to enter into His rest. Recognize His presence. Ask for greater revelation of His love. Ask for the, the granting of a stronger appetite for His Word. And ask the Lord to make clear our assignments believing that it's by His ability, His grace that we accomplish it. As we come before him. Would you to bow your heads with me in prayer. Will you come boldly before the throne of grace today? There's mercy there for you. There's an understanding there. The Lord knows what you're going through. He knows how difficult it is. He's touched with what you're touched with. He knows how long, how difficult it's been. 
He has mercy for you, but he also has grace. Supernatural ability to receive his favor. His ability to do what he's assigned to be done through you. There's a wonderful chorus that we sing many times. Called, We Come Boldly Before the Throne. It's right out of these scriptures. I want you to sing it along with our, just stand right where you are with our praise team. I come boldly before your throne. Would you sing it as a testimony to the Lord? I come boldly before your throne. I come boldly before your throne. Blood of the Lamb. By the blood of the Lamb. My sins are Hallelujah. Sing it again. Your throne. Lord, we come boldly. I come boldly before your throne. I come boldly before your throne. By the blood of the Lamb, my sins are atoned. I come boldly before your throne. God, that we would come into that place of rest today. I pray for those, Lord, who've labored long and hard in prayer. I pray for those, Lord, who are lifting up circumstances and situations to you, that by your Spirit, you would speak a word of faith into their inner man. Give them the assurance, Lord, that you've got this so they can operate out of a place of rest. We thank you that the place of highest and best in you is that place of rest. We know that we even fight from a place of rest, recognizing that you're God, that you're, you have the results in your hands. We can give you thanksgiving and Thank you for the throne of grace where we receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Now bless these your people, Lord. Give us greater revelation of your presence, greater revelation of your love, greater appetite for your word, and greater witness of your grace for us, whatever the assignment is. 
Make it clear to us, Lord. Pull the curtains back of indecision. Pull the curtains back of situations and circumstances that are cloudy and help us to be able to see as you see. Take the next right step of obedience in faith. Pray this in the holy and mighty name of Jesus and all the people said. Amen and amen. We'll see you next week. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.